Crime Matters, in collaboration with Slaking Thirst's podcast, presents the Christian mythic narrative, The Deep History of the World. PrimeMatters.com is a groundbreaking project of educational outreach of the University of Mary, awakening the Catholic imaginative vision. Episode 24, The Opposition Grows. It was not long before Jesus became the center of serious controversy among the Jews. Much of the positive public sensation he created was the result of the miracles he performed. But there were other reasons why Jesus won his way into people's hearts, especially among the poor and the socially insignificant. He had an evident love for those in humble circumstances. The needy and the downtrodden found in him a sympathetic ear and a decisive advocate. He was a person with wide human sympathies. He could be found weeping over the death of a friend or leaping for joy at the grace of God among his disciples. His eyes would flash with indignation at falsehood and he could spring into angry action at irreverence in the temple. He could read people's hearts and he often spoke with homespun irony and an evident twinkle in his eye. He was a spellbinding teacher who knew how to clothe the deepest truths in short and dramatic sayings and stories. At the same time, he would never play to a crowd or court the good opinion of his hearers. Just when it seemed that all were pleased with him, he would speak hard truths and make rigorous demands. He united a profound concern for his hearers with an unflinching seriousness about truth and justice. The combination was hard to resist. Despite his high moral call and his constant urging of the need for repentance, even hardened sinners, prostitutes and tax collectors sought him out. It was therefore not surprising that after a specially powerful miraculous act, when Jesus had fed 5,000 people in a deserted place, multiplying a few loaves of bread into rich abundance and thereby evoking manna in the desert, those who witnessed the miracle rose up and attempted to enthrone him as their Messiah King. Could anyone claiming to be the Messiah do more than he had done? Could anyone show such signs of God's favor? Had anyone ever spoken or acted like this man before? He must be the one for whom we have waited so long. If this were the whole of what Jesus had said and done, it would be hard to understand why his messianic bid was anything but successful among the Jewish people. Some level of resistance to moral and spiritual reform might always be expected. But Jesus was so obviously the opposite of a moral hypocrite, so genuinely concerned for the welfare of his followers, and so impressive in backing up his words with deeds of power that his success should have been assured. Yet there was another current in the words and acts of Jesus that were hard for many of his hearers to come to terms with, especially for those most well-versed in Jewish law and tradition. It was not his moral teaching that got him into trouble with such as these. 
It was not his miracles they mainly objected to. It was rather the idea, one that grew stronger and more unmistakable as time went on, that this man, this rabbi, this prophet, was making claims about himself and his mission that no mere man could possibly claim. What was one to make of a man who said not only that he was greater than David, Solomon, and Jonah, but that he was Lord of the Sabbath day? The Sabbath observance was part of the holy law given by God himself. If Jesus had only offered a new interpretation of the Sabbath, he may or may not have been agreed with, but he would have shown himself to be a customary rabbi, commenting on and submitting to the Jewish law. But Jesus was claiming to be superior to the law and to have the personal right to pronounce upon its true meaning. What could that mean? And what was one to do with a man who claimed the authority to forgive other people's sins not committed against himself? What was to be thought about a teacher who said not only, I will show you the right way, and I will teach you the truth, and I will point out the path of life to you, but shockingly, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. What was one to think of a man who made personal loyalty to himself the measure of all goodness, in claims like, he who loves father, mother, sister, brother more than me, is not worthy of me, and he who does not hate his very self cannot be my disciple. Could it be that he was claiming to possess the authority of the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the creator and Lord of the universe? Could it be impossible thought that this man who ate and drank and spoke and slept like any other man claimed in some mysterious way to be God? Jesus carefully adapted his self-revelation to his hearers' spiritual maturity so as not to overwhelm them all at once. But eventually he left no doubt about his meaning. I tell you most solemnly, he said publicly, before Abraham was, I am. I and the Father are one. In the face of such claims, and after witnessing such extraordinary miraculous signs, there were only two reasonable responses that those who saw and heard Jesus could make. Enlightened by heavenly help, they could say with Peter, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Or, with minds closed to God's actions and wills hardened by pride, they could say with some of the Pharisees, he casts out demons by the prince of demons. Whatever else Jesus may have been, it was clear to those who encountered him that he was not simply a man like other men, a teacher and a prophet to be honored, opposed, or ignored according to a human scale of understanding. This person was either God himself, mysteriously come among his creation in the form of a man, or he was the devil incarnate, exercising superhuman powers through demonic agency. There began to form around Jesus two camps, those who had experienced the presence of God 
through the veil of his humanity and who worshipped him as no mere man should be worshipped. And those who stiffened in their resistance to God's presence in him and sought to eliminate that influence and, if possible, to put him to death. It was a pattern that would repeat itself in every time and in every human heart down the ages.